Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Midpoint. My guest today is a man whom I've admired for a very long time. He seems to have been on our airwaves and screens forever, but has the charm of a young man just out of university with all that curiosity and freshness. So I was thrilled to find out that he qualifies as a Midpoint guest. Colin Murray is 45 years old. He started out as a news journalist in Northern Ireland, where he grew up, and then he slid into music journalism and eventually onto Radio 1. And then in 2003, he jumped onto our screens as one of the hosts of the breakfast show Rise on Channel 4. He became one of those go-to voices and faces in youth and music TV and radio. Then when he moved to BBC Radio 5 Live, his deep knowledge and passion for sport was able to come out. It burst onto our airwaves in the form of Fighting Talk, a show he still presents every Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. He's done many more things in between, including brilliant podcasts and, of course, during the lockdown, had a wonderful phone-in with Dr Chris about all things to do with the pandemic, which became must-listen radio. Uh, He, of course, stood in on Countdown for a while during the pandemic to great critical acclaim and just this week it has been announced he will stand in for Anne Robinson who's leaving the show they're not calling him a permanent replacement as he puts it he's a a manager on trial until the end of the season he sees how his fixtures go but I think there is an enormous clamour for him to become the full-time host of Countdown we'll talk about that and a whole lot more and of course today we are sponsored by Solgar once again who have 300 vitamins and minerals in their incredible gold top range so there is something for everyone go check out the website it is solgar.co.uk and the midpoint is a code which will get you 30 percent off so it's got to be worth a little look hasn't it right let's go chat to colin Colin Murray, it's so lovely to see you. Thank you so much for coming on Midpoint. My pleasure. Can I say, genuinely, this morning, I was busy doing all the bits and pieces I had to do, and I was so excited about chatting to you in a way that I'm kind of just catching up with somebody because I love talking to you. I love listening to you as a broadcaster. Oh, thank you. And I think first things first, actually, I'm so delighted I'm speaking to you on this of all weeks when the nation has finally gone to a referendum and achieved something it wanted to, and that (laughs) is you as the host of Countdown. I know, it's, it's bizarre when... I suppose I'd, I'd happily live my life with nobody ever talking about me in any way. I feel like I get I get unnerved and a little hyper-stressed when people are saying nice things as well as if they were saying bad things. I'm ha- I'd be happy just to float about my own world, but it's been lovely because, uh, you know, it's, it, listen, it's just a quiz show, but it is my favourite show of all time. So, I mean... It was. It's funny when I met Susie Dent for the first ever time. She went, "Hi, I'm Sue," and she didn't even get it out of her mouth. And I went, "My dreams to host Countdown." <laughs> so even to do it for a few months, if that's all it turns out to be. Why um, can't they just say great. that you're the host? Why are you having to do some kind of caretaker you know, manager role? What's that all about? I don't. I don't. I'm a, I'm a radio. You know, I'm a radio boy. You know. Yeah. So. so You've done Match of the Day too, for goodness sake, Colin. You've hosted one of the most iconic brands in sport, so your credentials are proven. Was there even even the internet when I did Match of the Day (laughs) too? Is that that long ago? 
Uh, well, look, I'm, I'm thrilled for you because it's. I think what is also quite pertinent because this is a podcast about midlife, about having energy, enthusiasm, moving on to new projects, doing new things, not getting set in your ways, not getting into an echo chamber of information. And you are achieving, you know, one of your kind of life's goals at 45 years old. Well, I'm glad... I'm glad you pointed out that that's the positive spin and why you wanted to talk to me because I'm, I'm I'm sort of equally delighted and uh, and disgusted that that I fit that you fit the bill. You must get loads of people coming on and saying that. Thanks for nothing. And it's it's interesting. The very few people I'm delighted to say have not agreed to come on. Yeah, David Beckham. His associate, let's say, who replied to me, seemed mildly disgusted that <laughs> David would fit into the demographic. Um, and as somebody pointed out, I don't think the Beckhams consider themselves to kind of have ages, really. So, you know, maybe that's that's but, what it was. But we, we have to just be resigned to the reality that the Beckhams will live longer than us. <laughs> and, Brand and will. That's th- th- what they will. There's no way there's not a chamber already in Miami with their names on it. When when you're A, that good looking and B, that rich, C, that healthy, you're just going to... There's no way. There's their special life, their, doctors. Listen, special doctors. their life expectancy is 148. <laughs> so you're a long way off. Whereas me, I'm in the 70 to 80 max bracket, you know. So I've got a good 25 years before I need to get them on the podcast to worry yes, about things. Yes, now, exactly. You, I knew this... Listening to you as a broadcaster, it's clear you are meticulous. You do your homework. You're mm. thorough. You, I've been interviewed by you. You knew things about me going into that interview that I don't think my mum knew about me, right? Mm. So when I emailed you about this and I said, you know, have a think about the kind of expert we could bring on, you sent me back this brilliant kind of <laughs> – well, it was like a, a list of – your conscious was just kind of exploding onto the page, your subconscious, rather. A sewage, <laughs> a sewage email. Just, of, there you go. Of your P- midlife pollute, musings, let's call them. Pollute your media river with that. But do you know what? We'll go into some of the individual things that you talked about, but the overriding feeling I got from that, that prose was mm. that you are actually in the age that you should be. You've kind of yeah. found your age. Do you feel yeah. like that? Yeah, I, th- I absolutely do. Uh, it's it's always and you probably get this a lot. It's layered and it's contradictory because there's so many things about growing up I wouldn't change. Uh, you know, I love I would hate to be part of this young generation that gets everything easy in terms of what music am I going to listen to, and the idea of, that it becomes so generic outside of very mainstream pop categories. I love the fact that. To go to a concert growing up in Northern Ireland during during what was a time when bands wouldn't play Northern Ireland, which is why I love to this day bands like Primal Scream because they always would come and play. Um, but okay, how do we get to Dublin? Whose house are you staying at? Right, you say you're staying at my house. You say you're staying at Usher, and it, it was like. Ocean's Eleven, if you wanted to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know, when Mother's Milk came out and you were a young teenager. And then you had to cross a border and you had to work out how to get there and drive back up at three in the morning through Newry. And they, their moments, I'll, you know, I love the fact that the democracy of rave music when I was, you know, what, 10, 11, down the local park, I started way too early. I might, your childhood, you're not much of a childhood from that side of things. Your innocence gets taken away a lot, I think, depending on what area you grow up in. And, and, and I was drinking way too early. But I remember down the park, the mixtapes, and there's songs now that when we do a mixtape as part of my, my weeknight show on Five Live, like someone else suggested the other day, suggested uh, Dominator. I'm the one and only Dominator. And I, so I, God, I thought, I remember that just being on a tape 
You know, these rave tapes that were passed around. I don't know who it was. I don't know the name of the artist or the label or how many streams it had. It was just brilliant. It wasn't just getting to a gig, was it? There's so many things, I think, mm. that we, as kids, because of the nature of our lives, whether it's dating, you know, waiting by the phone for somebody yes. to call because oh you couldn't God. have anybody else in the house pick the phone up. You know, God forbid yeah. your brother or, for me, you know, my dad picked the phone mm. up, you know? Mm. And what, what about the other thing? There was two phones. Yeah. So, hi, hi, Lisa. Yes, and then your sister would pick up the phone. You really love her. You want to get... Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> but these are all the things I wouldn't change at all. No, no. Um, but this is my age, yeah, I think so. For a million reasons, like, I, I, I just... I'm a much better 45-year-old than I, than I was when I was, you know, an 18-year-old or a 25-year-old. I, I, I don't get asked to go out as much. I don't have to make excuses which I love. Say, for example, there's a staff night out at a place you work. And a lot of my production team on Five Live are younger. And you can see them look sheepishly at you. Do you want to come along? <laughs> no, I'm going home. And I love that. I like, I like the age where I didn't do very well at school. My later years now have been like reading books, mm. learning about the world, a mm. little bit of history, a little bit of geography. You know, can I look at the continent of Africa and pretty much pick out most of the countries and where they are. All those things that when I was young I didn't do because I just screamed my way through my youth. A little hyperactive kid who slept for two, three hours a day. So I just went <laughs> and did everything. So by 18 it was like rehab time. And then, yeah, I've been working since I was my 16th birthday. I mean, on my, as soon as I could start that job at McDonald's and then the YTP scheme at the Ulster Newsletter, I haven't stopped. So as, as I'm here now, I've had that work ethic mm. well, at, a, at a car washing round when it was like 11, because, you know, how else are you going to buy per Levi's? The, <laughs> the cider doesn't pay for itself, Belby. you got to wash some cars. So, you know, I, I basically work round the clock now mm. for you know, over 30 years. Are you addicted to it? No, I don't think I am. I think I'm afraid of not having anything. So mm. I think so I've, is, all, is it, I've always it's financial. It's It's material. I, I think it's part of it is is that fear that, like, it'll go away. I think a lot of, you know, people who are, who are proper working class have that, like, mm. where, where you're just like, well, at some stage someone's going to come into the room when you're on air. Right, my next guest on Five Live is Gabby. Oh, hold on, there's a... There's a man with a spotlight coming into the studio. <laughs> Everything's shining on you. You're an imposter. You cannot name all of the kings and queens of England in order. Get out. Get back. Um, so that's always... It's there a lot less now, and I think mm. that's one thing I love. I, I think you only really start accumulating wisdom at, at 40. And But here's the twist. Like, I know now I was a kid at 18. I know I was a kid at 21. I know I was a kid at 25 and I was probably sort of some form of young adult at 30 and I feel 40 was the start of where you sort of become a developed human being. But what if that's wrong? What if I get to 50 and then realise actually this yeah, is all absolute you, bullshit what I'm saying now. <laughs> but, you, but I think there's, there's definitely more confidence behind what you've just said there and I wonder if that explains also why in spite of the fact that you've been in long-term relationships you've got to this age without starting a family? Because I imagine a lot of your growing up, the kids that you grew up with, I bet they started families already. I think they? most people I know have got families. Mm. I think it's much more simple than that. I'm just, just not really built for kids. I love them. Like, if I'm in a room, right, and there's me, you, three other adults and a kid, I'm going to play with a kid. 
you, I'll have no interest in the conversation that you're having. You'll get honesty from a kid straight yeah. away. A kid can spot someone who they, they, they can, they can, the honesty of children is unbelievable. We lose that, don't we? We develop mm. tact. Mm. So I, I, I love kids, I really do, but I'm just, I am definitely not equipped for that type of responsibility. I don't believe I am anyway. Do you think you ever will be? Not at all. I've, no. I've never had the itch. And not even slightly, you know, your ego. Everybody's got one. You think, I'd like to pass this on to my own progeny. Oh, I'd God, like to have no. my own flesh and blood. I think that's really interesting, that, you know, um, the the idea that you're going to leave something behind. Mm. Well, what are you not? You're not really, are you, though? That's not true. And listen, there's so much of me I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> burden on other But I wouldn't really want to give anyone my brain. That's for sure. Not at all. I wouldn't want to give them a singing talent. You know, there's there's so much of me I don't think is special. Like, that doesn't need to be passed down. We all think our kids are special. But the human all... race would have ground to a halt, Colin, if we'd actually... Would that be a those... bad thing, Gabby? <laughs> it's going to anyway. I, I don't know. I also, I'm also acutely aware, which, again, this comes with, I wish I had the... But you can't. This is, this is, this is the most BS thing I'm going to say. I wish I had the knowledge I had now. I could go back and speak to my 18-year-old self, but you can't. Mm. Nobody does. Mm. Youth doesn't listen and probably shouldn't. What I have to go through at 45... You've just asked me, as a 45-year-old man, do you still want kids? Now, you can't ask a female guest that. Now, I, I wish I had had that knowledge. That's the one thing I'd change. You know, I would go back and I'd say, before we indulge in any type of love or lust or, you know, relationship, I don't want children. I would have that conversation right out when I was in my 20s and I was in maybe a year-long relationship or a two-year-long relationship. It's much mm. easier for me mm. as a 45-year-old guy because I could have kids in 10 years from now. What a privilege it is to have that. It's a really interesting conversation. It's complete, completely off topic in a way, but that, that thing, can you make your own family? Mm. We weren't born out from the same mother. We weren't, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the answer. But I like to think around me, I have a chosen family. Mm. You know, like my mate Tom's in my chosen family. Like my mate Sesh is in my chosen family. My mate Jimmy's in my, in my chosen family. Do people I, ask you to be a godfather? Have you got friends? Oh, I'm the best godfather in the world, me. The the, the best godfather is the is is the, the your mate that doesn't have kids, right? My mate Nick... I'm, I'm godfather to Poppy, and I've all, I said to him from the start, I said, look, the godmother can do all the work until they get to 12, but see when Poppy starts re rebelling against you and you're worried about first drink, you're worried about, oh, I'll be the cool godfather, she tells, and then I'll tell you. Not always, I'd never say no to being offered to be a godfather, which is, which is strange because I get the contradiction because there's actually a serious part of it. Yeah, you know, like sometimes godparents are put in wills, aren't they, to actually be the person that takes care of anything. No, that's that absolutely. Parents, so, in in one, of these, one of my situations, that's what it is. But, but I always make sure there's a godmother who's more likely they trust. The godmother is the sister of my friend, so she's obviously... I'm kind of like the reservist of the reservist. That's what a morbid conversation this is. But she'd obviously take him. But tell me she's going to take him, Cappy. <laughs> tell me. It's not me. <laughs> but no, I love, I love kids. I love kids. I really do. But I just, it's not for me to have them. I don't know. Some people have it and some people don't. I mean, I don't have to give birth, right? No. So, and everything connected with giving birth, by the way, mm. is something that I, I don't really should have an opinion on. But... I know how lucky I am that I can have kids later. 
That's yeah. one thing that I think I've evolved a lot in, you know. There's loads of things that I know about now, getting back to sort of being middle-aged, that I wish I'd have known when I was younger. Have you got more empathy than the younger version of you? I think, yeah, yeah I think you have to slow down to develop it. And if you're 100 miles an hour and everything's so vital, like what we got back to earlier, like when you're 18 and you're 21 and you're 23, you think the world's, it's ending. I'm much more comfortable with death now than I was when I was 18, 21. When I was just going, how many World Cups have I left? <laughs> right? And now I'm all right. You know, it sounds like a very sad thing. I'm all right with how many I've got left, however many that may be. You know, so so I do think maybe you become more philosophical. You do develop, of course, you develop more empathy because it comes with wisdom. That probably also means that you're quite happy with how things have gone. I think if you felt really frustrated with your working life, because yeah. that's very important to you, yeah, you probably wouldn't feel quite that sanguine and kind no, of relaxed my, about things. No, my 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 career is probably my lifesaver. I would go as far as to say that because I care about the people who are listening or viewing or reading. And it's not good in the industry to not play the game. I don't go on red carpets. I, I'm not a member of any any clubs. I, I don't have any, really have any true famous friends, some alike. But that's a coincidence that just happened to do a job. I don't play golf with ex-footballers. I'll tell people I don't, if I don't if I think they're dull. Um, you know, in an intactful way. I'm not rude. But, you know, I, just, I don't really... I, I do my job and go home. And the thing I do it for especially radio. Like, I do a late-night show at the moment. People have been through probably a good day or a bad day, an average day or a really shitty day, and they put the radio on, and you're their live company. And your your job on Five Live is to inform of current affairs and what's going on, but, but, but it's also at that time of night such a special slot because it's just before people put their head in a pillow. And mm. we do I do loads on it about sort of, here's, look... That's all going on in the world, but let's let's stop that. For every night, here's a little bit of the show where we're going to make a mixed tip or we're going to have a debate about something that you should never have to debate, like uh, this house believes that Charlie Bucket should not have been given the keys to the chocolate factory, which is true, right? Should have been known Olympus, decades of service. But anyway, um, and, and just when you get that message and it goes, had a bad day today, thanks for... That's what it's about for me. Like, mm -hmm. or it's about not ignoring what an owner does to a football club because you're worried that the governing body the won't employ you again. Mm -hmm. No, you have to speak up. That's your job. You're a journalist. You have to speak up for Derby and Bury and and you, you, how have you resisted though? Because social media, as you, we both know, the bosses—let's mm. call them that—is a generic term that we have in yeah. our various organisations we work for. I was so keen for us to be on social media, mm. having some presence, pulling in viewers and listeners and having this platform. Mm. How have you resisted that? I, just, I think it's a it's a little fake. That's why, you know, I, I only have Twitter. I tried Instagram. I just don't get it. Um, but I think because Instagram's peacocking, which is fine. But you know that idea of here's my life? Mm. Well, I don't talk about my life. I'll talk about... Tell I, me about it. I mean, yeah. I literally, I can't find anything about you. Right. And, and that's just the way it is. I'd be very open about how I work and stuff, but I'm, I've always been very protective of everything around me. So, so because for that reason, like, I'm not doing it for any level. I don't want... If I could do a radio show to six million people and nobody knew who I was, that would be my dream. I would love that. Uh, on my Twitter account, right, which I didn't join until the day Wigan won the FA Cup. I always remember that. 
I think, I don't know, I think about 200,000 people follow me. But it's a really strong 200,000. Like, if I, like, say, need something, like songs for a playlist or whatever, like, I'll tweet it out. Or if I'm saying, I've got this happening tonight in a radio show, the response is like, vroom. Like, that's what I use it for. By the for. way, I think that was nine years ago yesterday. Was it? I think it was. So I haven't been yeah. on that. I've gone on 45, so I resisted all of that until my mid, late, mid to late 30s, right? So... I use it in that way. When I retire and stop doing this job, I'll have no reason for social media because I don't... People don't need to know what I think. (laughs) Nobody does. I just need to tell people what's coming up on my radio show. I love being able to tweet my column I do for Metro. I've been doing it since 2012. I use it to promote what I do. But I think you're underestimating how interested people are in what you think because people who like you and they like your style of broadcasting like to know what you think about things. I'm not uh, saying they want to know what you think about the Northern Ireland peace treaty. Well, let me tell you all about that. <laughs> Which actually, your opinion would be a lot more valid yeah. than a lot of people who are discussing it currently in Parliament. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I think they do want to hear what you think. But I don't want to hear what I think. <laughs> I'm sick of hearing what I think. I, I rarely... The amount of time I do that thought process that you've just said where I pick up a social media and I go to type and then I put it down... Oh, really? I'm just like, no, the world doesn't need my opinion in that. The world is not going to be better. I do that more and more. Yeah. I, get, I get vexed by something, write something and think, what good is that going to do? No, And no. stop. <laughs> as, we're, as we're recording this, tomorrow night is the most important night on social media. The 66th Eurovision Song Contest. That's a night where I give my opinion. I'm so excited about it this year. I'm so excited. This might not stay in the edit because it might date this, but for some reason, I I can't wait. I'm going to watch the FA Cup final and then I'm going to get the snacks ready and get everybody kind of settled down and I'm doing the Women's FA Cup the day after. That is my Saturday night. It's just... Let's leave it in. Let's say right (laughs) now, Sam Ryder and Spaceman comes in top five. Oh, uh, top three, I thought, this morning. Could be top... I think it's going to... Although the Swedish entry, the Billie Eilish rip-off... There's so many Billie Eilish rip-offs in this year's tournament, Sweden yeah. being the biggest offender. If I was Billie Eilish, I'd be sending my <laughs> lawyers. But um, I'm so bitchy about Eurovision, it's unbelievable. You didn't think I was going to be this serious about Eurovision, did no, you? No, I didn't, but I'm glad you are. And you're wearing a yellow jumper today, so you hang- You could be Swedish and Ukrainian as yeah, well. Yeah, so absolutely. And um, I've got seven jumpers on in Eurovision. Now. Whoever's <laughs> winning, I just changed to that jumper. Yeah, I told you. Can we talk a little bit about um, you were trying to learn Spanish? Yeah, yeah. The learning Spanish thing didn't go so well for you. Tell me about that. No, no. Can I just also add that at this age of life, my ritual every night is get into bed, wordle, quordle, in that order, then a best of three against the computer on Scrabble, you know? Wow. That's how rock and roll my life is. So you do that in bed? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wordle. Cordle, Cordle. I only heard out about heard yeah. about Cordle yesterday. There's well, also is it Octoraudal? There, uh, yeah, there's an it. I, I just don't yeah. want it to develop. It's a bit like you know, you have a little smoke of a joint before you know it, heroin. <laughs> so I, I don't, you know, I feel like I've already stepped up the class B. Uh, puzzles, and I don't want to go to the class A's. It could well, ruin my life. <laughs> shall, we, shall we bring in before yes. we get deep? Well, let's bring our expert in. You can explain what was going wrong with the Spanish learning yeah. uh, to her. She's called Alexis Willett, and she's the co-author of a book called "How Much Brain Do We Really Need?" And the key question I want to ask Alexis: uh, Hi, Alexis. Hello, Alexis. Hi, Alexis. Hi, good to see you. Thank you very much for coming along today. Um, I was just giving your uh, your potted bio there. 
I want to know the answer to the question, is the brain the thing we've really got to focus on? You know, forget eating blueberries every day and a Brazil nut. It's the brain. Ultimately, <laughs> it is, it's the core of everything we are and everything we do. So, of course, we do have to look after it. And I think it's very easy to forget about it because it's inside us. And we often think about maybe what our skin looks like or our hair and how our body is feeling. And because we can't sort of see it or specifically feel it, sometimes we forget about it. And actually, I think it's a, it's a great reminder, really, this kind of conversation is how we really need to work our brain mm -hmm. in the way we work our bodies. And we try and keep healthy, keep mentally healthy, as well as physically healthy. So Colin said that he tried to learn Spanish. How long ago was this, Colin? Oh, listen, I, I would say my ability to retain stuff Mm -hmm. is decimated. God, please, like, kids don't listen, right? And I didn't listen. I remember Miss Early, my Spanish teacher. The reason why I only know from school, vamos a la playa, is that's all I could see through the window of the classroom. That I got chucked out that many times. <laughs> and there was a poster in the wall. I've tried to learn Spanish, Alexis. I learn 50 phrases. And that night, ask me the 50 phrases, no worries. I feel like this is great. I'll speak the whole language before you know it. And I go to bed. And I wake up the next morning, I remember about five. It yeah. doesn't soak in anymore. The sponge of, of youth becomes a brick. Because I had heard specifically, Alexa, I don't think this is true about languages, that there is a window of opportunity till you're about 13 mm. or 16. And then it becomes almost, it's not, you're not even really learning it anymore. You're just trying to remember it. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> before you're, learn, you're actually absorbing it. So what's going on? Well, I think with, with language specifically, I think you are right. There's sort of a, a window of opportunity when our brains are developing as children, essentially, and to be really proficient at particular languages, because they all have different sounds and accents and how they're used in different intonations. You really need to be able to hear them and be exposed to them in a way that, that lay down the foundations into, into your brain. And actually, it, they have, studies have shown that unless you heard the way people phrase things or certain sounds that perhaps we don't have in the English language, for instance, mm. when you're a child, it's just very, very difficult, if not impossible, to try and get the hang of those when you're older. Um, and that's just the way brain development is happening. And, and you have to be exposed to certain things. That's not to say that you it's not possible, obviously, because lots of people will learn languages when they're older. But as we age, you know, we're aging from the day we're born, but as we age in terms of um, older life, um, our brains just aren't as efficient in the way that our bodies just aren't as efficient. You know, things are a little bit more sluggish and it takes a bit more time for messages to be passing through the brain between mm. the neurons and to make connections and to lay down those memories. So that's what you need to happen, really, to be learning and retaining this information. And everything just takes a bit more time. Can we not improve connections? Can, yeah. we, can we do things? Is there a pill for that? <laughs> if only I think we'd we'd all you know be billionaires if we could come up with the magic pill for this because um, your brain is changing all the time it's very plastic it's very adaptable but slightly less plastic as you get a bit older but we can learn and we should learn and we mm. should challenge ourselves and that's actually critical for um, making new connections so what studies have shown is that one about learning for enjoyment for you fun. know for the sake of it for fun and then there's also the question of learning to try and offset damage that we will all we will all have the longer we live later in life to try and retain our cognitive function so what we're trying to do is build up something called your cognitive reserve like a pool of brain power that can help sort of limit the damage as you get older that's natural healthy damage that, go, that goes on 
the longer you stay in education, that is associated with this sort of higher cognitive reserve when you're older. If you haven't spent all that time at school, perhaps you left early or you didn't get any qualifications or anything like this, other studies have also shown that lifelong learning can also help build this cognitive reserve and ensure a healthier ageing process. So what we need to do is keep challenging ourselves and keep mentally active. And there's different ways that people talk about this. So you might think, oh, I'm doing the crossword every day. That's great, keeping me going. But really, you're just doing one little bit of the brain. And it would be sort of equivalent to going to the gym doing weights on one bicep every day and then going out to a football field and expecting to be great at football. And it just doesn't work like that. So, you know, if you're doing crosswords every day, you're getting great at crosswords. You're just getting one little bit of your brain. So what you need to do is challenge yourself to do something different and something that involves lots of bits of the brain, say reading books. So you're sort of absorbing information. But if you were then to go and join, say, a book club, you'd then be exposed to a much wider range of books that challenge what you normally read. Mm-hmm. You'd be then expected to think about it mm-hmm. and then convey that and then using reasoning to talk about it. You're using social skills. It's about trying to find activities that really work right across mm-hmm. the beam. Alexis, I know you're a very busy woman. You've got a very successful book out. Uh, before we let you go, if you were, if people listening want one takeaway that they can do to, to help this process of the brain and help the brain um, keep young, active and able to retain information, what would it be? I think it's a combination of ensuring that you are physically well, because you need the oxygen and nutrients being pumped efficiently to your brain. So that's really important. But then stay mentally curious and open. Mm. So expose yourself to new experiences, try new challenges. You know, don't limit yourself. You know, actually, I can do things. And learning is perfectly possible. It just may take a little more time. We, we, there's this cycle ride in Kenya. It's part of a Steve Cram charity oh, yeah. called Coco. And I've, I've managed to, I've done it three times. You cycle basically the equivalent of the height of Kilimanjaro over four days, right? First day's easy. Then it's just awful for two days. And we had three women from Newcastle area sort of 58, 56, and we worked together and left nobody behind and we pulled everybody down the road and we had a rule that like every 20 kilometres is a stop until we're all together. Let's move forward together. And that working together like that to learn off each other. The fastest ever that we completed this cycle was the year with the oldest group of people. You know? Never never write off the mid-50s woman, Colin. On, that's never. The, that's the lesson from that. <laughs> uh, Alexis, thank you so much. Thanks, really Alexis. appreciate your time. Great to chat. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm not joining a book club. I, I like I like the theory, but I'm not joining a book club. I, I was in a book club for a couple I'm of not, years. I had to <laughs> stop recently. Um, and I don't have time. Tell you, do. tell you what it does, Colin. I yeah. did read books that I would never ordinarily have that's, picked that's up. I'm not saying I enjoyed thing. them all, <laughs> yeah. but I did read things that I you thought, well, I never would have picked that up before. You've you got to so, know that when people say, I, I used to be this person, I only read American politics non-fiction. And then, God, I cringe now when I think of those conversations I have with people who love books. I read one the other the other month, uh, Town Called Alice, beautiful book. I never would have picked it up, but it was just a series of small gold leaf books that have been reprinted, and I just picked two or three, and then just see where it goes, you know? And you have to, because otherwise, you know, the the stereotype here, but the guy won't read the romance, and the guy won't read the stuff that deals with 
maybe issues that we don't talk about emotions. with our friends. Yeah, emotions. But it's also, I think, and it, what, what we're kind of alluding to as well is this idea that as you get older, you're almost in an echo chamber because you've decided on the things you want to hear about yeah. and the people that you want to hear from. And actually, it's very healthy to go and sit outside of that, isn't it? And Not to listen healthier. to people who think that you think you've got absolutely nothing in common with yeah. and see things from their perspective. But also to, to, to break bread and have compassionate conversations with people who are not where you are mm -hmm. on the road to, to being more evolved. And because I, I was talking to a friend of mine who many times schools me uh, on, on various social issues and he'll say, ah, here's the problem. I don't need you to say that. Actually, when you say that, about you talk to me about your tolerance... It, you you actually are quite a, you're offending me a little bit. I'm not looking your validation. Oh, okay, right, and I've learned. But then on a different issue, I can reach back down that road and hold his hand, mm -hmm. and say, oh no, I grew up with this. So mm -hmm. let me explain this, and boom, and we pull each other up. Those conversations are everything. Yeah, I just I I just think what what you said there is you know it's a life lesson, isn't it, about working together and yeah, uh, and, yeah. and keep keeping moving, but also the Retaining information, it's also about, I think, expanding your uh, information yeah. kind of uh, opportunities almost, oh, isn't it? And There's a plus point, though, off. isn't there, to mm. which is maybe like the goldfish. When we get older, we only remember the things we want to, that we feel is important enough to remember. So when we're young, we remember all of the rubbish. Mm. We, we are just like an industrial fishing net of knowledge that just scrapes everything up. Like every song lyric, every football score, every, you know, I go back and go, right, yeah, who, so Craig Johnson scored, Ian Rush got two, Craig Johnson got one. I can't remember who scored in the, our goal in 2012 when we lost the FA Cup final, but I can remember who scored the goals in the 80s. So maybe we're just a bit more selective now. Mm, well, I said that to my granny when she got dementia at first, and I said, she said, I just can't remember anything, Gabby. And I said, well, look, you've got all this information that you've had all over this, these nine decades. I said, your, your brain's just working out which bits it should keep on, yeah, you know, and yeah, keep in. And, yeah. um, she went, oh, I like that. I'll keep that. I'll keep that in more. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you think we've just developed how to look after a body? Quicker, mm. quicker than we've learned how to look after a brain. That ties into where, where we have a, a long way to go still as a society. My biggest struggles in life have all been in the brain, not the body. I've never, I've only broken mm. fingers playing football. Like, mm -hmm. I've been lucky that way. And at some stage I may have a, you know, it may be a physical ailment that gets me. But I, I don't, I know loads of people that don't have broken bones I don't know many people that don't that aren't dealing with some form mm. of, of of hell to climb. So, and especially through COVID, I mean, that's that's going to be one of the real legacies of it's COVID. It's all coming our way, I think, teenagers, yeah. young people. I mean, yeah. I can't believe how many... I would, last week I was getting a 15-minute cab ride from Marlebone mm. down to Knightsbridge and the cab driver opened up within seconds telling me about his 11-year-old son, how mm. how damaged he feels he is from yeah. uh, COVID, how he sleeps in their bed every night, how he's scared about going away on, you know, and he, he, was, he was just pouring this stuff out. Mm. It was mm. it was incredible. I got out of the car and I, I didn't have any answers, you know. I was yeah. Kind of yeah. try, but it, I just thought, God, he, he's not alone. There's there's yeah. so many kids who are yeah. going to be in that situation. I don't want to end on a downer. No, but uh, <laughs> just, uh, this is important for the audience to know mm -hmm. and maybe this is where you'll, you'll find the difference between Gabby and I. Taxi from Marlebone to Knightsbridge. It's three <laughs> stops in the tube, Gabs. It's three stops. 
Okay, in my defence, I was going somewhere where I had to retain a uh, physical appearance and I, I was wearing a shoe that, you know, wasn't suitable for the underground. No, the uh, difference else? is I can get on the tube and no one bothers me because no one knows who you are. You get in the tube, you're tortured for three stops. And that, that, yeah. that's going back to social media. So that's my fault, created that paradigm for myself. Um, you clearly got no body issues then. If you say you kind of like, you know, your body's a few broken fingers, but your body's feeling good as it feels like it yeah. can last a bit longer. Yeah, Durable. I mean, I, I put on a couple of stone in the last year or two, so I'm trying to trying to shake that a bit. Why, but, why, what was that? Just about too many calories, presumably. <laughs> I, don't know, I just think in COVID, I ate a lot of nonsense. Did you? And, and then also, yes, so a friend of mine said, I said, look, I'm really, I'm really, I'm not happy with my body shape and all my jumpers don't fit me. And she said that she, she sort of, not put me in my place, but really sat me down and explained like eating your feelings. And sort of how this is absolutely not the thing that should should contribute to you know your your day to day sort of happiness. It, it, she was like, you can lose it. It's fine. It's important that sometimes you eat your feelings, and you know. I, I'm, so that kind of made me feel a little bit better about it. And now I just need to. Uh, I had to buy fifteen new jumpers to do the first recordings of Countdown because I only oh, really? had like two two fitted me. You know. Oh really? But you, but yeah. that's you know that is easy to do isn't mm. it just reduce your calorie intake move a little bit more and you'll be fine you, you're not um, you're not somebody who doesn't get that yeah but cake so, you know uh, is, it, <laughs> is it cake you're going to tell me next that you want to present Bake Off um, so just, and the final thing I want to know is what you think of young people because you're somebody who kind of mm. grew up in broadcasting synonymous with youth uh, yeah. radio music youth television that kind of area and now you've kind of growing up into grown-up television of, of Countdown yeah. and your uh, obviously your radio, late-night radio show. Are you hopeful about the youth of today? I don't like anyone under the age of 24, Gabby. No. <laughs> um, I don't think we should try and... Un- I think we underestimate youth all the time. I think we were underestimated the generation before and the generation after. And I hear all the time, this lot aren't going to work hard enough. This no, this this lot aren't abused as much in the workplace, but by by bosses that can say you need to work sixteen hours today of no money paying you for eight. I don't mind that. Ah, um, uh, but hang on, you said something at the very beginning about you were happy to grow up in a time when things were hard to to come by, and they're not now. Well, are they? I, so there is a difference. No, I think I I think life is still hard to come by. I think love is still hard to come by, and happiness is as much a holy grail right. as it's ever been. I think they just have different struggles than we had. Of course they do. And they, and they've got the legacy of a ruined planet. Mm. So they have existential worries that we, we were blind to, I, I think, in a, in, a, in a pre-internet era. I view them very different, though. <laughs> like, when you're... We were going to clubs at, with fake IDs when we were 13, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but... So so it doesn't really fall into that 18 category. But when when I was 18, 19, 20 or whatever, like, like I was... I felt like I was old. Do you, you know what I mean? In your body, mm-hmm. you feel like, look at me, I'm an adult now. Mm-hmm. You know, and you'd either be in a relationship or you'd be going out to pubs and clubs and you'd, you'd, you'd you know, I'm a, yeah. I, I was always terrible. I could never approach them. Not very good at that. But, um, you know, you say you kiss a girl or whatever, whatever. you know, the usual things that, that young people do. Now, you get dressed up for it. You and your mates would all go out dressed up. If I see a group of people queuing outside a club now, they're all kids. They look like kids. There's only two age groups now in my world, us and kids, right? And I, it's so funny at 45, your whole world changes, you know, because when you're young, your mum's, you look so old, you know, but now that's the age 
all normal people look to me. And that's the age you should look. Everyone's a kid. Now, I see a, a queue outside a club. I go, I have been known to say regularly now, well, they're going to catch their death of cold. <laughs> that's my first thought is those kids are going to be freezing that's get that's middle age right where it no longer becomes a place you would go because you might meet a new girl or a new boy and you you know are you going to go there to dance sweatily all night and maybe end up at a house party I'm just looking and thinking have you thought about the possibility you might have a mild cold for two days because that would be hell to me. <laughs> That's the real change, I suppose. Welcome. Welcome yeah. to midlife, I, uh, Colin. You are yeah. definitely in the club. There's absolutely no doubt. I'm, I'm oh, not no, I'm there. I was waiting to get in since I was about 25. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds like you're having a good time there as well. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, um, I'm really, really thrilled we had you on this of all weeks when you take over on Countdown. Well, based on what Alexis said, right? About the importance of, 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 you know, if they, you know, I'm only doing it for three and a half months. If they weren't to give me the job full time, you could argue that Channel 4 are contributing to my mental downfall. And there could be a lawsuit in that. <laughs> and if you do get the job full time, being on a show that is all about sums and words, oh, you are going to be absolutely nailing it. it when it comes it. to those neural pathways Aren't and that you? connectivity. Did you win House of Games when you went on? Oh, I got down to the final day. Tim Key. No. Uh, smashed me on the final day. I got a fondue out of it. Uh -huh. you, you won it. I, I won four it. out of five days. Well, I was sat in yeah. the second chair. The first chair was the comedian. And Richard Osman said to me at the very beginning of the week, the comedian usually wins, Gabby. <laughs> I see yeah. everything slightly out of order. I had speech therapy because I talked like Yoda for three years of my life. So I, before I started school, I had to go to speech therapy and learn where to put the words in the sentence because I would was, take the last word and put it at yeah. the start and the first word. But I used to mix this. Like Howard Wilkinson. Yeah, so I was at the end of the sentence before I said it, right? So so when Happy I... Happy I am. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right? So when I, when I went on House of Games, I was like, well, at last somebody made a quiz show that makes sense. Brilliant, brilliant. Right? Uh, this is why there's this love-in between you and Richard Osman on Twitter. Right, he's the same. He looks at it and goes, that's perfectly normal to have a round like that. <laughs> Excellent. Brilliant. Well, I'll, I will, I will, if I get invited back, uh, my aim obviously is to win it because yeah. um, I, I am known to have a competitive gene. So um, I, will, I will do better Well, will you come time. on Dictionary Corner? You've been Absolutely. On... I haven't been on for years, no. about 20 years. You were a, so, you were, yeah. you were, you've never been on as Gabby Logan because I no. checked. Yeah, I thought yeah. I was on as Gabby Yorick yeah. back in the day when it was Carol and Richard yeah. and we were in Yorkshire TV and yeah. there were six-hour lunches and well, seven records a day. You've got to do so, three shows, right? Yeah. You've got to do one as Gabby Yorick, one as Gabby Logan and then in about ten years, one as Gabby Beckham. That'll be the three. <laughs> Am I marrying Cruz or Brooklyn? <laughs> good point, um, very good point. On that note, uh, thank you so much, My Colin. pleasure, thank you for having me. Take care. Thank you. What struck me most after my chat with Colin is that midlife is just so different for everyone. It really does depend on where you are with relationships and your work and your family. He's having the time of his life in his career and he seems to know himself really well. He talks with ease about why he can't see himself having kids and he's self-deprecating about the physical changes he's going through and loves the fact he doesn't have to go to nightclubs. He's in his time 
and that seems like a great place to be. Thank you so much to Alexis Willett as well. The book is How Much Brain Do We Really Need? If you want to check it out. I'll tell you my little trick. You know when you're struggling to find a word, I really make a conscious effort to find that word. And nine times out of ten, eventually I get there. I try and not let people around me finish off the sentence if I can. we just got to keep those neural pathways open. I sound like Wim Hof. Um, this is the end of another series. Please sign up to the Midpoint Facebook group if you miss us in between uh, our series. And also sign up for the podcast, if you will. That would be marvellous for us. It means we can come back and do more. And even write a review if you've enjoyed it. If you haven't, you can still write a review. But if you haven't enjoyed it and you're still here sitting at the end of the last episode, then you are a very patient person. And I'm just delighted that you're with us. Solgar are ace. I love them being our sponsor. They have been brilliant since day one. I've been taking magnesium actually since day one, since they came on board, which supports muscles and helps energy, but also sleep which I think for a lot of midlife women is a bit of a challenge. So check out the range and use the midpoint for 30% off. Go to their website, soulguard.co.uk. Thank you again for being with us throughout all these episodes. Thank you to Lauren Armstrong Carter for her patience and brilliance in getting these podcasts together. And of course, to Elvis, my brother-in-law, for our fabulous theme tune. And of course, to all of you for being part of the Midpoint community and listening to the episodes. I'll be back very soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 